From Given, this is Purposing, the podcast that lifts the lid on how to run a truly purpose-driven business. I'm Becky Willen, and with the help of leaders from some of the world's most recognized brands, I'll be demystifying this often misunderstood topic into clear, actionable advice you can use in your own business. This week, I'm joined by Fiona Cannon, OBE. Fiona is the Group Director for Sustainable and Inclusive Business at Lloyds Banking Group, the UK's largest financial services institution. Over a 35-year career, Fiona has championed gender equality in business and most recently led the work to put purpose at the heart of Lloyds Banking Group. Through this conversation, you'll learn to co-create a purpose-driven mission to give your purpose real substance, get the balance right between top-down and bottom-up engagement to drive change, and make your purpose part of business decision-making. Before I speak with Fiona, let's take a quick look back at her career to learn how she became a leading authority in gender equality and the role of business in society. Fiona's parents are Irish, and when they came to England in the 1960s, they faced prejudice every step of the way. They themselves were turned away from getting somewhere to live when they first came over exactly because of that. That sense of injustice was very strong for me from quite an early age, actually. And I think that's where everything started for me, was wanting to change the world. As Fiona got older, it was clear that the first thing she wanted to tackle was gender equality, partly because she studied English literature at university and became infuriated by the number of male authors that I had to read as part of that. But also because she felt the weight of gendered expectations on her shoulders. It was a kind of reaction against what I think was expected of me, not just in my family, but more broadly in society, about what you would do as a woman. And that's what I kind of really wanted to change. Fiona's first job out of university was at the Work Foundation, which at the time was known as the Industrial Society. It worked with businesses to effect change. Fiona was part of the Women's Development Department. I made a conscious decision to want to go into business because I think business can be a real force for good. If you can change things in business, then that can have a massive impact in changing society. Fiona then moved into financial services, where her and her peers were able to make some big changes. The banks originally were the organisations that were doing the most about gender equality, actually at the very beginning. And so there were some real highs because we were part of changing a lot of things that people take for, for granted a little bit. I set up something called Employers for Childcare, which was to kind of lobby uh, really around developing childcare strategy in the UK. But there were also low moments. I used to have people literally shouting at me in a room about why was I talking about gender equality? And, you know, there were times when it feels like you're constantly having the same conversation. Fiona built up her resilience with a helpful reminder from an early mentor. It's not about you. It's about what you represent and what, what the things are that you're trying to do that people are railing against. And so the ability to take yourself out of that and not take it personally, I think, is the biggest, most important piece of advice that I got very early on. It made a massive difference for me. Fiona has always been driven by seeing the tangible impact her work has had. Introducing maternity pay for the first time when it, we didn't have it, that made a massive difference to people's lives. For others working in the purpose space, Fiona reminds us. People aren't always going to be on the same side as you. Your job is to find the way through and around that. 
Fiona, welcome to the show. You're part of the team leading the Purpose Agenda at Lloyds Banking Group. First off, can you set the scene for us? So where was Lloyds Banking Group on your purpose journey and what prompted a real sort of doubling down on purpose as part of your new strategy and reset on culture? We had done quite a lot around purpose in the past. We had a very uh, strong purpose statement, which was helping Britain prosper. And that kind of manifested itself through a Helping Britain Prosper plan, which was really focused on the areas where we felt we could make the greatest difference around social, economic and environmental um, challenges that the UK was facing. I think we were at the point where we really needed to move it from being a purpose statement to being really purpose driven. We had a new CEO, so Charlie Nunn joined us last August. He's got a really bold purpose driven agenda and he believes very much that purpose will be central to our success and so that kind of provided us with a unique opportunity to really reset and to look at what we needed to move ourselves on. I think we probably wouldn't have made the progress that we've made had we not done the things that we'd done before because the organisation was used to talking about purpose but it was really around how do we make sure that we provide more clarity around what helping Britain prosper means um, because everybody had their own different definition and be more specific about how that actually came to life in everyday decisions across the whole organisation. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that Charlie Nunn came in and decided not to change the purpose statement because you see a lot of CEOs coming in and one of the first things that they do if they are a sort of purpose-driven leader is actually to reset that. So, you know, why do you think that was and why was it important actually to, to make this more about building the, the substance behind helping Britain prosper rather than sort of coming up with something else? All the things that we looked at in terms of changing that statement weren't as distinctive, inspiring and as active as helping Britain prosper. It's very concise. It's well understood across the business in terms of a statement. And so I think having considered it, the sense was that really the work needed to be on what did that actually mean and that the statement gave us enough flexibility and scope to make it mean whatever we wanted it to mean, actually. And so that was where the work was really focused. Looking back to the start of sort of this programme of work around sort of nine, 12 months ago, what did you set out to do at the beginning and, and what tangible stuff did that work actually deliver? What we set out to do was to really craft this purpose driven mission that would support the statement and to really put some meat on the bones, if you like, about what it actually meant so that people could start to see how they might use that. And I think the work has been really interesting. It's been really interesting for me uh, personally as well. But I think we did obviously get our mission statement and we've now got our principles around that, which does provide the clarity around what do the words on the page actually mean. So in a sense, it was the process that we went through that was really important. When I looked at other organisations who had been leading on purpose, the big differentiator, it seemed to me, were those organisations that had really engaged leadership and also colleagues more generally in kind of building the purpose-led mission. And so that was the piece that I was really keen that we made sure happened. It was very much a kind of co-creation. So we had interviews with the leadership to start with, which was really to kind of help shape out and articulate what the big ideas would be that we could start to look at that would really describe the role of Lloyd's in the world and how we would live our purpose. 
we worked then with our chief exec, Charlie, and the executive team to really work our way through these ideas. And I think what was really interesting about that work was, I mean, if you talk to any of our leaders, particularly our group executive committee members, they really understand why they chose every single word <laughs> that was on that on that statement because we debated it. And and that was the beauty of the process, I think, was the constant iteration, which meant that by the end, we had something that was very much owned by the leadership and by colleagues, and wasn't something that was just kind of developed centrally by a kind of small group of people and then thrown over the wall to everybody else to put into practice. Just to drill into a couple of those areas in a bit more detail, lots of organisations, I think, are are setting out to add more kind of substance and definition to their purpose so that people really understand what that means. But I think the development of a set of decision-making principles to really make sure that everyone in the organisation, whether they're making big strategic decisions or sort of ad hoc everyday decisions, actually know how to put the purpose into practice feels like a a real innovation actually in this space and I just wondered if you had any reflections on sort of what difference you think the development of these four you know very practical principles will make in the sort of pursuit of purpose in the organisation. The four principles are that we will be more inclusive, more sustainable, more pioneering and more secure. What they do is provide a framework against which people can test the decisions that they're making. Now, that, that's a, a piece of work that, that we've just kicked off now, which is how do you really make sure that those principles become real? As we think about decisions that we're making, testing them even right now against those criteria is a way to just to start the organisation to start to begin to think about this. But we do obviously clearly need to do a lot more work on it. But I think what it does is explain what we mean by helping Britain prosper and therefore provide the kind of guardrails, if you like, for the business to make the decisions. One of the things that we're looking to be able to do is to uh, make decisions differently. That doesn't necessarily always mean that you will make different decisions, but I think what this framework will ultimately provide is the ability to have a conversation around the decisions that we're making to have kind of tested what we're doing against our purpose and to make sure that we've considered all of those principal points and and actually just have an open debate, an honest debate around, okay, having taken that all into account, where do we end up? Co-creating the purpose-driven mission with leaders was a really important part of the the process. And I guess in in your experience, why is it so important for leaders in an organisation to really sort of take that time to buy into purpose and do you have any kind of insight into what happens when that level of buy-in and engagement isn't the case? It's such a complex and multi-year journey this piece of work and it does it is a business transformation so it will completely impact on our culture the way we work we've got to think differently we're going to be working differently we're going to be making decisions differently and so you know, it's really important to make sure that the leadership, what has created the framework, first of all, is committed to it because we need that ongoing commitment to change because it will be hard at points. It's been actually a really enjoyable process so far, the work that we've done, but there's going to come a point where it's actually harder and that's the kind of real 
putting it into practice. And so you need a leadership that is committed um, because they've been part of defining what this looks like to be able to see that through and to want to make that happen and just to create the energy and the enthusiasm around it. And that's been one of the things that I've just found so interesting about this as well is that, you know, our leaders are so excited about where we've got to and enthusiastic around what we're trying to do that we just want to kind of continue that through. I think where you don't have that commitment, the danger is that purpose becomes somebody else's job. And, you know, it happened a little bit with the Helping Britain Prosper plan, which is, you know, we had our kind of seven key areas that we were focusing on, but it was really seen to be to the side and someone else was kind of felt like someone else was managing it. Purpose cannot be owned by anybody kind of centrally. It has to be owned by the business. One of my reflections is that, is that having a board that really understands and makes time for this conversation makes such a difference. And across your group board, which is chaired by Robin Budenberg and your responsible business committee, chaired by Amanda McKenzie, there was a real appetite for doing things differently, but also I think an understanding of what's required actually for real transformation. So what difference do you think that that level of board engagement, what, what difference did that make to the success of the work? What the board provided was real challenge to us and challenge in the way, in the sense of wanting us to be bolder, to go faster, to really kind of think outside of the box. And that's actually quite a gift from a, a board to say, think big, think bold to start with in order to be able to kind of really unlock what where we might end up. And so that kind of understanding and permission, if you like, to really go um, further in our thinking was really important. And then, of course, you know, the just the insight from that group of individuals as well. They were involved as involved as everybody, really, in terms of giving their inputs around the, the words that we thought we would use and the ideas behind it. And so there feels like a real collective ownership and we're not having to explain something or persuade the board they're actually part of the process and have been pushing us and challenging us to go as far as we can so that's been really fundamental part I think of the success so far. Yeah and as you've said every single area and every single level of the organisation was involved in the sort of the co-creation of, of the mission and I think one of the things that um, was really important to get right was the balance between that more sort of top-down and bottom-up engagement. And I think if you have too much of the first, you, you know, you'll end up with a strategy that risks not really connecting with the heart of the organisation. But if you have too much of the second and it's too bottom-up, it can lack edge and, and commerciality. So how did you judge what was right for Lloyd's Banking Group in that respect? So I think we got the balance right. We involved colleagues very early on in the process. We did start with the leadership in terms of just the kind of framing. We took four ideas of what the purpose-driven mission statement could look like to everybody. What the bottom-up bit brought, I think, was the you know, what it feels like on the ground on a day-to-day -day basis and and how anything that gets decided can feel like on the front line in particular. And so it was a real test 
of some of the ideas that the leadership were, were thinking about as well was to really just test, would that work in real life? Does it connect with all colleagues? But it was important to do the two together. And neither one actually kind of, we didn't do more on leadership than we did on colleagues. So I think kind of that, them both being partners, if you like, everybody being in partnership to kind of develop this was really important. Yeah, yeah. And this very co-creative, very iterative process, as you've said, is is very different to the way that Lloyds Banking Group had approached this sort of work before, but also really different, I think, from the way that most large corporate businesses, especially those in financial services, approach this sort of work. So do you have any reflections on, on the biggest learnings about getting it right that might be helpful for other sort of purpose leaders in, in other large, complicated organisations? We had never done anything like this on this scale in the organisation before. And and at the beginning, I think there was some nervousness about really involving people in the process in the way that we did. And so we started small with a small group of senior leaders and then we moved it out. And actually it was by starting small and then building up that I think people became confident in the process. If I think about the first time we spoke to colleagues, which was fairly early on, we did a a small group of graduates and apprentices in the organisation to kind of give a different, younger kind of perspective on it. When we looked at that and the outputs from that, what you could see was they were not that far away from where that small group of original leadership was. And so I think that provided confidence with people, uh, with our leadership and with others that actually asking colleagues and and kind of and asking more people to be involved was not going to end. I think the worry was that we would end up with a trillion different ideas, but it would be impossible to kind of work your way through and that you would create an expectation amongst people that the idea that they'd come up with was the one that we were going to go with. But I think we took all the early inputs as well as some of the outside in context and trends and everything else to develop those four initial ideas that we then tested out on people and so that provided a framework everybody of course had things that spoke to them more than than other things but i think what became very clear very very quickly was that there were some real emerging trends that were the same so Everybody felt the same about sustainability. Everybody felt the same around inclusion. I I feel really strongly that you cannot do this effectively unless you do do this engagement piece. And in fact, actually, we, in the end, not only spoke to colleagues and leaders, but we also spoke to customers as well. And that's something that for us was quite a big step. And I don't think we'd have been able to, if we'd have proposed that at the beginning of the process, I think that would have caused some worries. But it was actually just going through it and really seeing that we were all pretty much on the same page that gave everybody the confidence to then go out to actually talk to customers. And and again, the customer feedback, interestingly, was really very much in the same kind of space. So that, you know, kind of made you feel like actually you were doing the right thing. You've talked about the idea that purpose can't just be the job of one team or or one individual, and I completely agree with that. 
But I also think we are talking about a kind of massive organisational shift in most businesses. You know, essentially, we're trying to rewire the way that an organisation works. So what's your perspective on whether someone should be responsible for that part of it and really sort of own and drive purpose transformation? And can you tell us a bit about how it works at Lloyd's? We all own purpose, but you do need, I think, some light touch central facilitation and oversight of the whole piece because there are so, it's so complex, as you've said, and there are so many different pieces to this work that you just need to be able to kind of coordinate it, know that it's happening, that it's going in the right direction. And in particular, I think, making sure that the connections across the group are made Effectively, one of the things I think that Charlie in particular has been really keen to to focus on is is to break down some of the silos that can often um, come into play in big organisations. And so I think you do need centrally just this oversight that in, ensures that those silos don't happen, that 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 everybody's working to the towards the same uh, direction. We're not duplicating activity. Everybody's got a kind of very clear about what their areas, particularly at this stage when you're running kind of work stream of activity. So what are we doing around communications? What are we doing around um, culture? What are we doing around um, engagement? You know, that, that we are all interconnected. For me, you know, in my roles around sustainability and inclusion diversity, you're the expert and the advisor and in this role, you're not, you're neither, you know, because you're not the expert in terms of what will end up being the right mission statement for the organisation. And so you have to use different kind of skills around facilitation, but you don't, you're not trying to persuade or influence in a particular way. You have to just let it, let it run through. And so you talked a little bit about the four principles, which are really there, I guess, to provide guardrails for for decision making and and really help people put the purpose into practice. Can you tell us a bit more about sort of what's coming next in terms of putting those to work and, and how you're making that happen? So we're basically doing the same kind of process as we did on on the development of the mission statement and, and using the same tools, really, to now start to look at how do we start to make purpose-driven business decisions? What does that mean? And what are the tools and support that the organisation and everybody in it needs in order to be able to do that? And and you've often talked, Becky, around this purpose-driven decision-making being a a muscle that that people need to test and to develop, really. The thing that we want to try and avoid is that you have a tick box exercise, you know, where you you can see, I can immediately see where you might have, you know, board decision, papers for board going, having a little box that says, has, you know, has purpose been... (laughs) Has purpose been considered and have you looked at the four principles and you just go tick, tick, tick. And we need to really avoid that. So this just becomes much more in the DNA of the organisation. You know, our leaders and our colleagues know how to make purpose driven business decisions. They know what is the right thing to do. Sometimes I think the environment is not supportive enough for them because we've not been clear enough that that's what we um, want people to do and are supportive when people do that. And so some of it, I think, is around creating the right environment. Because interestingly, we've had a code of of responsibility for, um, for a long time. And within that document, we have 
criteria around how to make business decisions, thinking about purpose. But actually, that hasn't translated into it actually happening on the ground because they are just words on a page, really, and we haven't done the work to really embed. And so this is going to be an important part, alongside a whole range of other activity you know more broadly obviously we've been you know there's an architecture around this work as well which is um you know the uh, the mission statement the principles and the values as well and so those two things go hand in hand so how do you create um the right culture and land the values alongside the principles so and all of that work has been developed in the same way as we've approached the the purpose-driven mission statement development through this co-creation work so that's where we are right now and by the end of the year I'm hoping that we will be really starting to use really making purpose-driven business decisions on a, on a regular basis from there on in. Well it sounds like really exciting times ahead and um, Fiona it's been such a pleasure having you on Purposing thank you so much. Thank you for having me Becky. Thanks again to Fiona lots of incredible advice there so her key action points were that if you want everyone in your business to contribute to shaping your purpose-driven mission, you need to create the right content and conversations that work for different audiences. Start small and build trust in the process. Build in time for a lot of iteration. Colleagues from across the organisation will help you test out whether your purpose-driven mission is actually achievable, while leaders will help keep the thinking big and ambitious. That balance is key. Plan for how you'll deliver long-term transformation in pursuit of your purpose. It's a multi-year journey and needs light touch, centrally run facilitation. Purpose should be in everyone's job, but someone needs to drive the effort. If you'd like more practical advice on building a purpose-driven business with brilliant insights from people like Fiona, download the Insider's Guide to Purpose at givenagency.com forward slash insider's guide.